In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Behold, your King is coming to you. This announcement is bound to bring about images of pomp and circumstance, an extraordinary display of power and prowess, a jubilant celebration of inauguration and future hope. But this parade that marches by us this morning is lacking much of that expectation. No secret service flanking the king, no maneuvering with military precision, no soldiers with arms strategically positioned to fend off an attack, no bands or brigades marching in precise percussive rhythm. Nothing is witnessed we'd think of worthy a king. But a king nonetheless enters Jerusalem this day. For some time now, this king has had Jerusalem circled on his map as the final destination for his worldly journey. This king has a heavenly purpose, and though many then and many today are confused and even reject the notion that this king would serve his kingdom in a seemingly backwards way, he marches on toward the Holy of Holies and begins the week that cements itself as the foundation of the true church on earth. This king comes to the church not as one who would rule with fist and fame, but as one who rules with servanthood and grace. He rules not to conquer and destroy, but to save and redeem. Rather than an authority of power, this king rules with an authority of humility. Behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey. Some have said before that the fact that the king comes mounted on a donkey points to his humility. And that may be an okay connection, but it's, it's not really the case. Kings have a history of riding into their kingdom on an inauguratory donkey. King Solomon, by order of King David, was one such king as an example. And further, we can also note that though one may expect a king to ride into his kingdom upon the broke back of a stallion, horses were reserved for the military. So as the, to the humility of this king, of whom we sing loud hosannas today, there's something other that points to his humility. Yes, there's certainly power in this king, he had the omniscience to know that as he sent his men into the city, a donkey and her colt would be where he said they'd be. They'd be available, and he'd ride them into the city. Further, his power is seen in that upon an unridden beast of burden he would ride. The beast submits to the virgin carriage of the king without a buck and toss. Forward they march. Forward they march in the parade that would set much into motion throughout that week. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. These words of Zechariah direct us along the path of humility of which this king would march and serve. The church, the daughter of Zion, is able to rejoice greatly for her king as a righteous king. 
In his humility, this king laid aside his divinity, his equality with God, and made himself nothing, a servant. That word laid aside has has an intense, deeper uh, meaning that says, points us toward the king literally emptying himself, rendering himself void for the sake of serving the world. This is the part that seems backwards to the worldly-minded. To be weak in the reasonable and, and rational mind is no way to be king. To lead is to be strong. To win is to be powerful. Yet this rulership would be different. The instruments of battle, the chariot, the war horse, the bow, were all cut off. These means of battle have no place in the kingdom of grace. This king has not come to embrace and engage in the combat of war. Instead, he empties himself for the sake of filling others. His defeat of sin, death, and the devil would come not at the clashing of swords, but through the pounding of nails. Behold, your king comes to you by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This king certainly is praiseworthy, and it was right and proper that the palm branches waved and the cloaks adorned his path, but not for pomp and circumstance, rather out of recognition and thanksgiving for what was going to soon happen. This king is entering the gates of the holy city upon a beast of burden as one who would be slaughtered himself. For the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is this king. As the one to be slaughtered as a means to reverse the curse that is sin upon this world, Jesus, the king of all kings, would empty himself, his very blood for the sake of all. In this most humble act of mercy and grace, he would become the abandoned son so that all could be called sons. He would endure the loneliness of rejection, the battering of violence, and the agony of the cross, all for the sake of your sin. This king's humble life, death, and resurrection is the heart and soul of the church. At the end of this most holy week, the king who marches into the city will take his place upon the necessary throne outside of the city. Upon the hill of Calvary, Jesus is raised to his seat of mercy adorned with a crown, a crown of thorns. Here he would hang as the king of the world. Here we witness the very emptying of which the word of God speaks. From his side and pierced wounds flow the very means through which the church has, does, and will find her forgiveness of sins and strengthening of faith. The blood of the Lamb has been shed. Emptied into the eternal chalice of grace, we hunger and thirst for the blessing that is a continued feast, the very body and blood of Jesus. You who are here today know that this is your need. You are a sinner. You are in constant battle against the unholy trinity, sin, death, and the devil. 
As such, you often do what you know you should not, and you often do not do what you know you should. Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Your king comes to you. He is mounted in the simple means of bread and wine, but most certainly present through the very word of God. He comes to you to give you the very blessing every human being needs, the forgiveness of sins. So yes, sing proudly your hosannas this day. Continue to be faithful in your adornment of his church. Continue not just this Sunday, but every time the body of Christ is gathered to sing your loud hosannas and come. Receive the blessing that is your king's service to you. For you, dear friends in Christ, are forgiven for all your sins. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.